Hello and welcome to Start the Beat with Sykes. My name is Sykes and this is my podcast. Before we get started, I just wanted to take a quick moment to thank everyone who checked out the last episode. If you're one of those people, I hope you enjoyed the conversation and thanks so much for coming back. But for those of you out there who are new to the show, welcome. Please feel free to make yourselves at home. And as always, there's beer and soda and coffee and purple stuff in the fridge. Yes, my friends, it is a lovely Sunday afternoon, a chilly Pittsburgh day, snow flurries in the air, chilled to my bones, and I'm sitting here with my new friend, mystery person. We're going to get, we've talked like maybe one minute in our entire life total. We have no idea what's going on, but I'm going to learn a lot about him. Make some noise for my friend, Hunty Lights. Thank you. Happy to have you here. Thank you. So one of the really cool things about doing this podcast now and with things starting to pick up is that more people are finding out about it, which is great. That's why we do things, right? And people are starting to reach out, lots of strangers. It's been so many friends for such a long time, and now I'm getting to meet so many new people. So you, my friend, are one of those people. You reached out. I appreciate the connection. And now here we are. We're talking, and we're talking about what we do. And what do you do, my friend? Well, I uh, I'm a local musician. Yes, um, I have a band uh, here, based in people from the general area, uh, Bridgeville, uh, people outside the city, and uh, we just jam. That's what we do. Hell yeah! So uh, it's been real fun. Uh, this is the first full year that we've uh, done a lot of shows together and worked together for a while. I did a lot of stuff on my own. Um, and that's a lot of fun, but it gets pretty boring uh, just doing everything on your own in terms of uh, even just playing live shows. Yeah. Uh, it really sucks. It sucks a lot. Um, so I try not to, uh, I'm trying not to do a lot of that. I've actually, uh, I'm doing a, a solo show coming up, um, but it's going to be, that's the first one I've done in, in quite a long time. Yeah. So it's a nice change once in a while to throw one in there, but uh, the band stuff's great. Yeah, I I relate 100%, you know, coming from uh, a, a lot of a, I started out playing a lot of shows doing hip hop and it was like, okay, I'll make my beats and then just put them on an iPod and then I just rap. Yeah. And then like after a while, it started to feel like karaoke, you know? Yeah. And then so I was like, well, let's get a band. So now I have a band and stuff and it's tight. And every once in a while, I'll still play like a solo show yeah but it never feels the same no it, it's uh it's not the same vibe and you can't obviously get the same sound uh and i think the i like the loud not the loud noise kind of stuff but i like it to sound full i agree and uh i think it sounds a lot better that way unless you're you know like bob weir bob weir's great solo acoustic sure i think that you know what there's plenty of great solo artists that yeah. are able to do that. They love doing it. That's that's their thing. But for me, music, I think, has always been about finding other people to work with and connecting with other people and about like building a team of people, bringing everybody's individual talents together to make this like cool, beautiful experience happen. Yeah. No, I, t- I, t- I absolutely agree. And the people we got right now are great. Um, and they do their own stuff, too. Yeah. So uh, it's not like a set thing, and I like that. I like people able to 
go out and do their own thing too. Cause that's what I like. I mean, that's what I've done. So yeah. Yeah. So you said right now you are playing and you're based out of what, the Bridgeville area. Uh, I have some people from Bridgeville. Okay. okay. In the band. So like with a lot of the, the places that you're playing, what, what, what kind of spots are you playing? Yeah. You know, this past year we've played some pretty cool spots. Club cafe has been a big spot for us. Yeah. It's a great, it's a great um, room. Love club cafe. Mm-hmm. The place is sweet. And everybody there is great. Um, Arsenal bowling lanes. Okay. Yeah. Um, is a pretty fun area. I don't like it as much there because the people are there to bowl and you don't really get that same attraction as when you do play club cast. Sure. You're just kind of like wallpaper. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. You're just kind of there. Um, and that's okay. Uh, that's a, you know, more of a bar band. You're just kind of playing. Yeah. I've played that room before. It was real weird. Yeah. It's a sweet place though. Mm-hmm. It's very uh, hip and retro and I like that. It's very stuck in the whatever. You know. I like the back room. Yeah, the back room is sweet. Hell yeah. yeah. That place is rad. Yeah. I feel like I'm in a movie or something. Yeah, when I'm in seriously. There. Yeah. yeah. You get the big bowling pin and stuff uh-huh. like that. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, we played Hard Rock uh, Cafe. Cool. What was that like year. for you? Um, it's a cool place. You yeah. Know, it's, uh, it's a cool place. And the, the audience is great, except uh, it's just more of uh, people are coming in for dinner and then they're leaving. <laughs> once dinner's over you know yeah. they're not leaving you know it could be a bad situation where they sit down and they immediately leave sure you know? but so they're staying it's just they're not you know they're there for dinner they're not there for the show but to play at the hard rock's cool i mean anything really associated with that um i think is pretty i mean it's yeah. pretty cool um but yeah, no, it's a it's a cool place, and everybody there was real was real nice. Uh, it's beautiful inside. The room's great, and the sounds are real good too. Uh, so just places like that, really around here, and then you know State College. Uh, we've done a couple shows in um, Dayton, Ohio. We've played a couple cool. shows. So um, what is, what name is the band performing under? It's been performing under just my name. Yeah. Um, which I we never intended on doing that because we never really intended it on being a group, like a band band. Sure, it just kinda happened. It's just like, yeah, we're just making music and it's my songs, so we just it's my band. Yeah. Um but we're looking to we rework that. Yeah, that's um I literally I've it's so funny the parallels. I fell into the same exact issue once I got my band. We were still performing under just my name. Mm-hmm. And then it became a thing where like sometimes I would play shows and I had the band and sometimes I didn't. So right. nobody knew what was going on. Yeah. And I felt weird because like we we wrote an album of music together and like it didn't feel right to not credit them in some way. Right. So now it be, it went from Sykes to Sykes and the new violence. And okay. that was why that ended up happening was because I felt like the band deserved to have some sort of like a credit. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, uh, at the end of the day, they're, they're the ones that are making it sound real good. Yeah. You know, um, but also on my end, uh, you know, just in terms of the way I think of it, you know, I'm writing the songs that I am doing, you know, the marketing for the shows, I'm booking the shows, I'm doing all that kind of stuff too. So, I mean, I do do <clears throat> the, the bulk of the work. Sure. Um, but at the end of the day, you know, they're the ones that are. It's a team effort. It's a team effort. Yeah. So let's do a major rewind to 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 look to Lil Hunty back in the day. When did you get started playing music? Um 
what was that, five or six? So what were you listening piano. to at the time? <clears throat> Excuse me, sorry. That's okay. Um, boy, at the time, well, here the thing is, is that I don't really know what time period I started listening to. Probably, I was probably like 10 or 11 when I really started listening to like actual artists sure. and caring about like what that artist was. Yeah. So Billy Joel was my first person that I really got into. And then through Billy Joel, I got into Bruce Springsteen. So those two were, were really the people that really got me going um, in terms of really liking music. Oh, yeah. Um, but then it just took a real big, I mean, a real big turn um, from there. I mean, I remember listening to absolutely everything. Um, now I really love Grateful Dead. Um, Jerry and Bob are incredible. Uh, Jackson Brown uh, got really big into. Um, Warren Zevon. Sure. Um, so just kind of a, some obscure people. But I, it's just kind of because I kind of just go in spins of what I listen to. You know, yeah. I'm a really big ELO fan. I love Jeff Lynn. That guy's just insane. Seems like you're like more of like a... Like a rock and roll singer songwriter yeah. type of like yeah that's my shit yeah but i also love like henry thomas um great early country blues yeah um dean martin it's fantastic hell yeah so i that's i kind of have a very broad uh sense of music but generally the people that i this music i write is generally rock singer songwriter stuff mm -hmm. i don't really ever stretch too far from that so around the time that you actually started like first writing songs and performing music how old mm -hmm. were you by the time you were um, playing shows when i was well I, I started writing songs i mean probably a couple years after i started listening to, to springsteen yeah um but i didn't start doing i mean the first show i played i was probably i was 16 or 17 because I was uh, pretty nervous to go out there and do sure. that. Was it solo? Yeah. Oh, that's oh, yeah. nerve wracking. Yeah, it's awful. Yeah. <laughs> so I didn't. I didn't want to go out and do that. What was the situation um, like? Was it like what? What was the show like? Do you remember it? Yeah, it was super low key in some guy's backyard. Oh, cool. Uh, for some charity event. Okay. Foundation thing. Um, and it was fine. Did you I play mean, originals you know or covers? Uh, both. Nice. Both. It was only like six or seven songs, I think. That's still I a think. lot. Yeah. I think it was only, yeah, that was show. Was, that was show, was show. <laughs> but it went fine. I mean, cool. nothing was wrong with it. Yeah. It just, uh, it's funny to look at that and then look at what I have now. It's like, uh, back then I was like, oh, if I just had a band, like this would be sweet. Like all my problems would be solved. And now I have a band. It's just like, all right, this is sweet, but <laughs> we still got a lot of problems. You know? Sure. So, oh, yeah. I mean, yeah. you know, you more, don't realize pe it. more people, more problems. Mm -hmm. I mean, and sometimes it's not problems isn't always the best word to put on it, but it's just, I mean, you're one adult. Right. And then you add three, four, five more adults into right. your equation. It's like, oh, fuck. Now yeah. it's like, well, I want to play this show, but if one of our six adults can't do it, you know? Well, that's like, the biggest thing. You get doomed. It's really hard to, and, obvi and obviously uh, you get it. I mean, yeah, everybody gets that. Um, but it's tough. It really is tough, especially when everybody's living. And, you know, I got two people live in Bridgeville. I live, you know, here in, in the city. Uh, the other guy lives out about, uh, by Mount Washington. So everybody's just kind of spread out. And it's not far, but with the traffic, 
I think it'd give you take oh, an yeah. hour and a half to get to Bridgeville. Yeah, it's it's a lot of effort, and I think that that's one thing that a lot of people overlook. Yeah, a lot of times, like I'm just excited if there's a band that has any. If the, I don't care how good technically good they are or whatever. Yeah, if they if they're consistent enough that they could like manage to keep playing shows releasing material yeah. and getting together like that's a feat yeah. in itself there's Huge. so much effort that goes into that so yeah. i always try to let it be known you know we're, we're, it's like one of those things where it's like support local music like yeah but like outside just respect the hustle of local music it takes so much effort to for people to get together and put out the stuff yeah it's I'd crazy say it's, it's almost impossible i mean it really is I, I mean unless you have the right group of people um and i'm not saying the wrong i have the wrong group of people i'm saying you know the right group of people that are solely dedicated to this yeah and and if if things don't work out one week or something right. you need to be able to have that understanding and that empathy for each other where it's like oh, okay i get it right you know what i mean like oh so-and-so has to take their daughter to the hospital or right. so-and-so's wife is sick or so you know like yeah. weird shit that happens so-and-so has to stay late at work like yeah well the biggest problem is about working for yourself is is that those days you just say ah, i'll just do it tomorrow Sure. Or I'll just meet. Okay, we can't meet this week. All right, we'll just do it next week. And that kills you. It absolutely kills you. Until you get on that track of just every day. Yeah. I or, think that, yeah. But I mean, even in those moments, there's there are things that you can do possibly to still be productive. Like say, for example, I play in a, a band called Grey Walker outside of Sex and a New Violence. And if we can't get together on our, like our Wednesday's our day. That's our weekday. We get together after work, mm. but sometimes somebody has to stay late at work or somebody's sick and things like that. But if something happens and one of us can't make it, some of the guys will still get together. Like maybe the guitar guys will get together and just work on riffs themselves. Right. Or like maybe I'll be like, Hey, since you got, you guys do that, I'll go home. I'll work on a flyer for that show we have coming up or, uh, or you know, we can, there's yeah. still like the things that you could do to keep things productive. Even if everybody can't get together, it's right. not optimal, but there's still, things that you can focus on in that time to still you know be productive oh totally yeah i mean everybody can practice on their own yeah and their own part um it's just it's i think agree I mean, we can agree that's totally preferable to obviously be all together um but sometimes just it doesn't work but that's the beautiful thing about having a band mm -hmm. is that it's uh, an unknown journey you don't know what what's going to happen. Yeah. When it comes to like the people that you're performing with, um, how did you find the group of people that you have right now? How did they come together? Um, all right, let me think about this. Okay, so I met uh, the lead guitar player, uh, and then through him, he knew everybody else. Oh, cool. Uh, they, he didn't play with them, but he knew them through someone or this and that, and um, so then eventually we all just got together and, uh, and then we just started playing together. Cool. And that was it. Very easy. Um, very quick. Uh, and everybody just kind of liked each other right from the very start. That's good. So, uh, it worked out great and it's had, there hasn't been any like in band issues for a whole year. Yeah. So that's pretty cool. Hell yeah. Congrats. Uh, yeah. Thank you. Um, but that's just because we all like each other. Yeah. And we uh, we do things other than music outside, you know, of doing the shows and doing practices and stuff like that. Um, you know, we'll hang out or, you know, 
they'll I'll invite them over for you know parties or whatever. I think that yeah, uh, that was going to be my next question was like what your relationship with them has been outside of the music. Oh, it's been great. Yeah, that's uh, that's another thing that a lot of people take for granted or don't focus enough energy on. Yeah, I feel like if you want your band to do good, obviously. You got to practice, right? You got to write all, write good songs. Yeah. But if you're not actually friends, like if you don't feel like they're like your brothers or sisters in a right. way, like it's not gonna last. Unfortunately, there's gonna be like weird tensions are gonna start to come yeah. up. Like whenever you get into the practice space, you need to know what's going on with everybody. Right. If somebody's having like a weird personal issue or something, you gotta like just be there for those people. That way, everybody can create with like a good positive connected energy around each other. Yeah. It's so no, crucial. Yeah. I totally agree. I, uh, we've, we have a great working relationship and then we also have a great personal relationships outside of that, even as a one-on-one and even as a whole, like we'd hang out together as a whole or even just, you know, certain people or, or whatever. So it really is nice because, you know, along with the band, I also got, you know, four or five new friends out of it as well yeah so it's pretty cool it's not easy to make friends these days it's not it's so hard (laughs) (laughs) yeah i mean like you know i it's it's i would say that it's easy to make it's not that it's hard to make friends i just find that it's hard to make friends with people that i feel i have things in common with yeah um it's like really hard for me to be around people that aren't artists and i don't mean that in a bad way if you're not an artist but it's just like you know i can only talk about like normal people stuff for like maybe four or five minutes before i'm like yo like you get any guitar pedals recently? Yeah. Like, you know, what have you been recording? What are you doing? Like right. my brain's just always in it because I love it. That's right. like what I love to talk about. Yeah. My biggest talking point for pretty much everybody is Phil Collins. <laughs> okay. That is my go-to talking point. I fucking love Phil Collins. Phil Collins is tight. Yeah. That guy like is the most perfect performer, I think, ever. And anytime I'm out or anywhere, I always bring up Phil Collins because I think he, for me, he's just that perfect, he's that perfect talking point. I love, I, I could talk for hours about Phil Collins. And so for me, it's great because I never think, we're never going to have anything to say. You know? <laughs> I, I don't know a whole, I couldn't talk for hours about Phil Collins, but I have no, I have no problems with Phil Collins. I just don't think I know nearly enough to hold court with you in in, in the court of Phil Collins by any means. Yeah, I just I really love uh, just everything he's done. I mean, I think he's a great just fantastic and Genesis is fantastic. Um, So and and the Tarzan did the the Disney stuff, uh, just so many different uh, outlets that he's put himself into. Uh, I think is really the definition of, you know, how to be a successful, you know, pop star. Yeah. And then going out there and, you know, doing three and a half hour shows, you know, running six miles, you know, and just moving. And the horn section, I think horn sections are key to a successful band. You got to have a horn section. Okay. I don't have a horn section. I was going to ask Or you. any horns players, <laughs> but we're not successful. So. <laughs> so that's maybe our problem. Maybe I just figured it out. But uh, but no, I I really just uh, I think he's great. I just I love him. Uh, he just came to Pittsburgh. Yeah, um, and that was a great show. Uh, he can't stand anymore, so it's a little sad because um, there's not that energy that I love. Because uh, that's what it really draws me to him. I like that moving around kind of sweat, work up a really work for what what you're doing. Yeah, totally. Uh, 
so he can't do that anymore. But show is still great. I mean, just to see Phil Collins. I mean, it's because last time he toured was like '04. So I mean, it, it was a nice, rare thing to be able to go do. Absolutely. Um. So yeah. So that's my bet on Phil Collins. <laughs> when it comes to the band and all the homies and the purple stuff and the cup, <laughs> how do you and the guys balance this? Business and party. Sure. (laughs) (laughs) What's that been like? Well, (laughs) well, I'm the worst out of the group. (laughs) Uh, I mean, we all have fun. We all we have a lot of fun, but uh, I'm definitely I don't really balance that um, because uh, I don't know why I I don't. Um, I haven't, I haven't had an issue with it. See, like for shows, I don't drink at shows. Um, that's just something I don't do because, okay. uh, I know what could happen. Sure. Um, and it's just not worth it at all. I mean, I might have a drink or, or two, but I'm not going, I'm not going to be, you know, on the floor by the end of the night. Yeah. Um, but like rehearsals, um, and anything like that, it's a whole different story because I really hate rehearsals. I hate hate rehearsing um just because it's the repetition of doing it over and over again and trying to perfect it and by the end of the rehearsal you know might have been there for four or five hours six hours and you know we maybe played five songs and it's just like i don't even want to play those five songs anymore so for me going to rehearsals i drink a lot (laughs) i drink a lot of rehearsals to the point where i don't remember rehearsing Which is the reason why I do it, because I don't want to remember rehearsing. Okay. But uh, I'm I'm very well intact on what's going on once I hit the show. Uh, I can get up there and I just can play because they're, I mean, they're my songs. So I wrote them. So I have a better touch because they're learning them. I'm already, I kind of already got it. So yeah, you know, you got to get the speed and where we want certain people to play and stuff like that. Yeah. But uh, once that's figured out, I really don't, I mean... It's all them. I think there is. It's really easy to over rehearse. Yeah. Um, I think that it's something that has happened with gray Walker in some aspects. I feel that, you know, we have like this batch of material that we've been playing for a long time and then we're always working on new stuff too, but it's like, still it's like, we'll get together every week and like it's like we're still playing the set before we do anything else right and some weeks it's just like why the fuck are we let's just work on the new stuff there's no reason to keep it's like we know this stuff but then what'll happen is is like we won't play it say for two weeks and then say there's a week that we have to take off and then something and then all of a sudden we haven't played this stuff for like a month and a half and then we have a show in a week and it's like oh fuck we don't remember the songs it's like shit we should have kept playing them yeah so it's like it's almost like a a russian roulette of sorts whenever they like take weeks off from playing the songs and not right it's silly but i totally get it yeah you know it's just uh the first hour is okay and then after that it's just kind of it just kind of drags for me. I think about rehearsing in the way that maybe 
driving a car is like in the sense of like even though you know what's going on you still have to pay attention to the people around you because somebody right. else could be fucking off right. so even though you feel rehearsed and you know everything is right you almost need to do do it just to keep an eye on everybody else and make right. sure like the bass player's not forgetting something or the drummer's not playing a part behind the beat you know like weird shit yeah Oh, the well, the thing is the the great thing. The other great thing about the group of guys that I have on kind of you know on the rehearsing aspect of it is they're all very good, uh, and they're very very smart in terms of just music in general. Yeah, uh, a lot smarter than I am in terms of you know organizing <laughs> things. You know what I mean? Sure. So it's great because you know that's kind of where we get that whole band sense from. You know, maybe not necessarily have a name, but we all definitely do work you know, together to figure it out because there's some things that I would never have been able to figure out or understand had, you know, one of them not been able to do it. So it definitely is. It's the, it's perfect just, you know, because everybody's got their own ideas and stuff like that. Yeah. It's awesome being able to like get people together in a room and having people that have ideas, people that want to contribute and people that you can learn from. Yeah. It makes it so much more of a, more of a, more of a worthwhile experience yeah we also learning exactly you know yeah. i mean this past year everybody we all have really um learned a lot from each other and just from the experiences that we've all you know had as a band so um you know i really thought that last year i keep saying this last year uh was was amazing just because you know we really got um out there in terms of you know playing a lot of you know shows and uh always getting better you know we never i don't like doing the same show twice so we don't have a really generic set list at all um so no matter when you come see us it's always going to be different mm-hmm. um but every show that we did i thought you know even though we were changing it um, I really thought that it, every show was getting a lot better than the last, um, which I was real happy with. That's awesome. So on the another aspect of the shows that you've been playing, I'm curious to ask you about is like the community of artists that maybe you found yourself in, like other bands outside of your band. Have you found that like you're playing with like a lot of the same bands or similar styles of artists or has it been a mix? Um, it's been a mix. I. Uh, we actually, uh, William Sparks, who's a local musician here, uh, he's a solo acoustic artist. Mm-hmm. Um, and he uh, opened for a few shows for us at Club Cafe early last year. And he's great. Uh, he's real, real good guitarist, good songwriter. And, uh, and then bands like, uh, we've, we've come to know like people like The Vicks, uh, Bobby Dugans and that. Um, he's actually uh, an eerie guy as well. Um, he's got a band down here. They're very good. Uh, Dead Grass, a Grateful Dead cover band. They're national touring act. I mean, we opened for them um, last year, and they're great. They're all strings. Um, That's pretty so it's cool. Pretty sweet. Very bl- blues grass kind yeah. of stuff. Yeah. Um, so that was awesome. Um. And then just, you know, there's so many bands and so many people that make music, um, mm-hmm. especially through, uh, like, Facebook. I think that's been my biggest portal for uh, making connections. Um, that's what it's there for. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah totally. So, um, you know, having our 
band page or our Facebook page and then, you know, finding other, having other artists like that or other bands like that and then kind of come into connection. I'm doing a show with a, a guy from the Wilming Waters band who's a Pittsburgh bass band, but yeah. I met him in, in, from that, you know, so um, just like cool things like that. You know, I really like that kind of community sense that you had said um, with local musicians or, you know, even, you know, other musicians in other areas. Um, I think it's, I think it's cool. There's a, I'm trying to think, uh, summer camp yeah. is a Pittsburgh band. Great band. Um, yeah, really, really cool. Friends of the show. Yeah. They've been on. No, Shout out to them. Yeah. 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 They're great. And, uh, and there's so many of them that, that, that are really, really good. And it's, so it's, it's hard a little bit, you know, there's a, there's a lot you know bands out there that are playing you know every night or every yeah. night and stuff like that so it's just finding that schedule and finding you know what works like we've been talking about um but yeah no so there's there's plenty of of great people that we've met and and linked up with this past year i think it's i think it's really cool that uh you have that mindset in terms of social media for good social media for what it is there's yeah. a lot of people that get distracted by you know there's a lot of negativity that you could get sucked into with social media and there's a lot of uh kind of like oh the algorithms ruining our band and we got to pay for this and you can get sucked into all that shit but it's like also you could just send messages to people and make things work like that's it stop thinking about like it's like i think everybody looks at it like too big too crazy just yeah. like scale it down like yep. like much how like you reached out to me to come on the show right how complicated was this just right. like send a message like hey i'm this person i would like to come on the show and i'm like okay and then it's the other thing too you have a band that you know about that you think is cool shoot them a message like hey i'm in a band i like your band want to set up a show right okay and then you set it up and exactly. then you make friends it's so simple exactly that's all you have to do yeah i mean yeah we're not paying for shit <laughs> You know what I mean? <laughs> sure. So so it's easy. Yeah. You know, it's not hard. It's just communicating. Um, but generally, people like us or people with this mindset or the music mindset generally aren't afraid to, you know, have communicate with people. Yeah. You know, um, so it's nice because it's not like I'm messaging, I'm messaging someone random. But it's not like, oh, I wonder if they're gonna, you know, hit me back. Sure. Oh, they're, yeah, they're going to oh, because yeah. we're on the same mindset. Exactly. Like if you are a performer or somebody that wants to get in touch with another band, right, on the internet, just you go on their Facebook page, you see that they're posting stuff every day or whatever. It's like they're on here and yeah. they're posting stuff because they want people to interact with it. Right. So if you send them a message, they're probably gonna get back to you. It's just about taking those <laughs> chances. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and you can even do it with you know somewhat bigger people totally i mean people on the national level uh you know like southside johnny and the asbury jukes they're from jersey i don't know if you're familiar with i'm them not no nah. they're big uh 70s 80s uh bruce springsteen really put them on okay cool um, but southside's got pretty good connections with pittsburgh um so he comes here quite a bit and he plays with uh joe grishecki those two are buddies and uh so you know we've hit up Southside johnny's folks before um for when they're you know maybe looking for an opening act in town and we've got responses 
you know, we're doing a show this date and this date, or we're going to be here or there, you know. So it's just about taking the chances and just, you know, giving yeah. enough time, not doing it the night before, saying, hey, you know, we're a local band. We want to open for you tomorrow night. Well, <laughs> no one's going to give a shit sure. about you. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, be a little preemptive. Yeah, sure. but really, you know, looking into the future, and if you're try- really trying to do something like that, or you know someone that's coming to town who's not playing at the arena, you know, maybe, you know, try messaging them or hitting, hitting them up or something. And uh, we've, you know, kind of with Deadgrass, that's how we kind of met up with them as a nationally touring act. You know, we just, we just saw they were coming to town and we, you know, we got them. Mm-hmm. So it's just kind of, you know, trying things out, seeing what's available. Just, yeah, th- on, you know. Yeah, it's the other thing too is uh, nothing terrible is going to happen. You know, right. the the worst thing that's probably going to happen is either they're going to say no or ignore you. Right. But even if that happens, your name is still on their radar. Right. You're still, it's like, I remember, like, there's people that hit me up to come on the podcast or hit me up for shows, and I can't always do it. It doesn't always work out. Right. But I still remember who they are. Yeah. And then maybe three, three or four months down the line, when I have, like, a lull in guests, I might hit them back, be like, hey... If you're still interested, I have some spots now. Right. You know, like, because you hit me up. I, I I remember those things. Other people will remember if you do reach out. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, it's just uh, it's just doing it. It's just honestly it. Just taking the time to just do it. Um, but that's a whole that's all part of all of this, you know. So, yeah, there's a lot more that goes into it than just, you know, writing the songs and booking the gigs, unfortunately. But if you could figure it out and learn how to have fun with it, it, it's fun. Like talking with people, making friends, setting up the shows, doing all the the promotional stuff, the marketing stuff. It's fun once you get a get a grip on it. Because again, it's like it's learning. You're gaining knowledge, and that's fun. Yeah, I I I my I prefer to write the songs and just do the shows. Um, because writing the songs is my favorite part. Sure, same. Yeah. Um, I like that part a lot. And the shows are also great too. I love now now I'm that I'm comfortable with it. I love playing live shows. I think it's great. Um just the interaction yeah with the people and and uh just the live sound I think is is really fun. Um you know, getting it as close as you can to the recordings but also adding that solo or adding that, you know, maybe extended extended outro or something. Sure. It's really fun too cuz you're you know, you're just kind of playing around with it. You know, and not everything has to be scripted. Um, that's something I I don't like when artists do that. I don't like when, especially the bigger names. Um, you know, they'll, they'll do a tour, and every night's the same set. Sure. And for some of these guys, I mean, their catalogs, I mean, are you know, three hundred songs, and you're going to play the same eighteen songs yeah. for well, fifty-seven shows. Yeah, I imagine it gets complicated. You know what I mean? If you're like you got like all the hired guns and all of your light techs and sound engineers and everybody has to like, it's not even just the band at that point that needs to know the set list. It's like you have like two dozen people that need to know what's going on to make everything work. Oh, absolutely. And that I, and I guess, I mean, you, I, yeah, you are right in, in terms of that. I guess it's so for me, I guess it's either, you know, that real big production show yeah. that you go see at the, uh, at an arena for those things. It's like, that's probably why it's so right. scripted. You know, where they get the fire and they yeah. get the videos <laughs> yeah. and the lights and all that kind of stuff. But you know, like those theater shows are my favorite. I mm-hmm. love the theater shows. Um, 
you know, like Paul or uh, Paul Simon. Uh, he just came to the arena a couple years ago, and that was a great show. Um, but just that solo acoustic stuff where they can kind of change it, you know. Sure. Yeah. Um, you know, Bob Weir, Jackson Brown are all great. John Prine is great with that. Um, but like Billy Joel and Bruce Springsteen have different sets every night as well. They don't ever play the same set twice. And Bruce especially. I mean, Bruce Springsteen just takes signs out of the audience and just, you know, throws them up there and just expects everybody to just figure it out. Yeah. <laughs> and I like that. Um, I'd be nervous as shit playing in his band because yeah. you don't know what's coming. Um, but such a, as I think that it's such a, so much better doing that spon spontaneity kind of stuff, just kind of off the cuff. Someone requests a song, play it. Um, I think that adds just so much more uh, memory to the, sure. to the concert as well. It's fun. There have been times with Grey Walker sets where anytime that if we're headlining a gig and we have like a much bigger time frame, time slot, cause, I mean, we do like basically like it's melodic death metal. It's fast. It's crazy. We normally... Okay. Once we once we hit like forty minutes, it's like we need it's like it's exhausting for us and the, it's exhausting for everybody. Right. That's a lot of noise right. to deal with, right? Yeah. But sometimes you know we have like an hour spot to fill, but it's like okay, we 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 have a forty minute set, and at the end of the night, it's like okay, well, does anybody want to hear anything? Right. And then people you know might request a song, and it's like, do we remember it? I think let's try it, right. and then we'll just say fuck it and just do it. You know, yeah, it's fun when that happens. Yeah, no, I love that. Um, it makes it it makes it so much more fun because you know it's not rehearsed, it's yeah. not scripted. It's it's just this is what we're doing tonight. Um, so I really like that. Uh, we've done that. I mean, we do that every show um, for the most part. I mean, we have a set, but it's never the same. Um, we generally change up covers or take an original out and put another one in or something. Maybe something new we're working on. Do you ever? Um so with my my hip hop project, we have a, a pretty decent sized catalog of material at this point. And whenever we're doing shows, I will like make our set for like the venue that we're playing in. Like if I feel like it's more of a low key place or if it's more of like a high energy place, I'll build sets to that. Do you ever do anything like that? Yeah, um, very much so. I'm very big on writing the perfect set list. It is like my absolute like, favorite thing to do okay. is creating a set list um, because they're different every time. So for me, it's like writing a new book every time we do this. Yeah. Um, so it, I, I always look at the venue. Um, I look at what time we're playing around, you know, if it's around Christmas or Thanksgiving or if it's summer or something like that. Uh, and then I look at things I'm listening to at the time that I really like. Um, that I might want to try. Um, so a lot of things I consider a lot of things, but like, uh, Arsenal trying to find, you know, maybe, you know, is there a song about bowling or something? You know what I mean? But sure. just stupid shit like that. Yeah. Just maybe someone cares. Just one person out there is like, Hey, he's playing a bowling song. Like, <laughs> you know, thank yeah. you. You know? So it's just those little things that were like around Christmas time. Um, we did a Christmas, sh not a Christmas show, but our, you know, Christmas show at club cafe. Um, and you know, we did uh, uh, blue Christmas, um, and I stuck old Lang Syne in the middle of one of our songs. So just stupid shit like that. Just to keep people, uh, you know, maybe paying attention a little bit. Hey, like mm -hmm. he played a Christmas song or 
Halloween, especially like Werewolves of London. Hell yeah. You got to. Yeah. You know what I mean? So just stuff like that's fun. Uh, and then, yeah, also the venue, you know, uh, depending on where we play, maybe people who have played there, um, if an artist has died recently, uh, if so, if it's someone's birth, like a uh, birthday, who's an artist or playing on that day. So I look into all that stuff before, you know, I go because I love so many artists that there's so many options that we could choose from. That's fun. Yeah. Um, so it's so much fun because we've played things, you know, you know, more modern, like John Mayer stuff, uh, cause he's a fantastic, um, and just kind of maybe like a radio song or something like that. But we've also played, you know, we generally stick to 60s, 70s, 80s. What's maybe the most off-the-wall cover you've done, if there's anything that jumps out? Um, Loop de Loop by Ween. Okay. The SpongeBob song, Bad Attire Shoe. Okay. Um, we lo- I love Ween. Uh, and my guitar player also loves Ween. Um, huge Ween fans. I mean, there's... So do you know anything? Do you know Ween at all? Uh, you know, I... I I'm very familiar with that band, but not their music. I just, I know that they're a band and okay. They're off the wall. Yeah. Like they're I mean, off stuff the that I've heard of theirs has been off the wall. It hasn't like clicked with me, but yeah. I, don't, I don't, it's like, I don't know the last time I'm like, I'm a child of the nineties. So yeah. like all, all that stuff. Cause they came out of that like nineties alternative rock yeah. with everything right. else. So like, I remember that, you know, but it's yeah. Ween is literally like, they're insane. I mean, don't get like they have, they do some pretty crazy shit but uh they're so good like their music is just like so good um and everything's so different with them like they don't stick to one genre i mean that's something i'd love to be able to do or wish we or wish i could do i mean i i can do it if i if i really wanted but yeah it's just, i wanted to ask you like you know how you felt about genres or even trying to like put things into a bubble are you more of like a person that is like whatever a good song is a good song or are you like no like if you're writing a, a rock song it needs to be a rock song don't do this or that do you feel like there are rules in music uh, um no i i think there are limitations um in terms of when something crosses over to definitely something else i mean i'm not going to listen to uh sir mix a lot and say it's he's a singer songwriter (laughs) sure you know what i mean um so in that case there are limitations because i can't say that because he's not (laughs) yeah um but in terms of there being a rule that Sir Mix-a-Lot can't be a singer-songwriter, it's not true because he could be if he wanted to be. So um, it just depends on, you know, if there's a beat. I think the beat's huge. Is there an actual beat or is it, you know, a band? Um, beat music is more pop, more pop, rap, hip-hop, that kind of stuff. Um, and then, you know, the the guitar stuff, you know, could be bluegrass, folk, um, you know, just acoustic, you know, or it could be a full electric guitar, heavy metal, death metal. Yeah. I mean, there's so many, like, there's so many groups. But of you music. know, it's so funny now you take like some, like, like, like a modern rock band, like, uh, Imagine Dragons, right? Who or are, 21 Pilots. Right. Like they're they're fine bands, but they're barely guitar driven bands. Right, and then you have like Old Town Road, so it's, so it's so funny because like there's like a lot of like hip hop stuff that's starting to embrace more guitar, right. and a lot of rock stuff that's modern that's embracing more synth. It's like yeah. what's happening? 
Yeah. Well, to go to go back, uh, I love Imagine Dragons. Okay. And I think that's that Smoke and Mirrors record they released probably uh, I don't know probably four or five years ago maybe at this point is really good. And you're right, it's not that heavy guitar driven stuff. It's pop. I mean, it's pop music. Yeah, they're a pop band. Yeah. But uh, it's I think that that's pretty good music. It depending on who's playing it and how they do it, they do it a, a really good way. I think. Um, I think they're very creative on how they, on how they do it because they kind of have that mysterious sound to them a bit, you know, um, and they do write really good songs. Um, I think, I think that last record was great and they're a great live band. Uh, I've seen them a couple of times. Um, but yeah, it, it's just depending on the, you know, it's just depending on the sound, I guess, really for in terms of what genre it is, um, I'm not a, you know, someone who's going to sit there and dictate every little sound. And well, it's not this because that and that, because it's really not worth it. You can't yeah. kill it. At sure. That point. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no. So I, uh, like, I don't know how to categorize us. Like I don't, because we do so much. We, um, I also think too, with you only playing together for a year now, you said right. it's probably going to take you a little bit more time to find out exactly what it is that you want to do. Yeah. Well, the thing is, is I don't, I don't really think I want to settle down and do one thing. You know, I don't want to be that that kind of artist that sure. you know just kind of releases an album and then goes out and does a bunch of shows and then does it again and does a whole bunch of shows and um, you know people like Beck who just continually just change the game mm-hmm. on on music and style and talking about someone who doesn't have any borders. I mean, the guy does everything. Um, but I like that, you know, he, you know, releasing an album that's only, you know, sheet music. Yeah. That was one of the coolest fucking things. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's just like, that's cool to me. Like I want to do stuff like that. Yeah. Um, because it's just different. And for Beck, it's not hard to do now for him because he's already built that kind of, oh, yeah. he can get away with, he can do whatever the hell he point. wants. Yeah. You know, yeah. you, you know, your first album can't be sheet music. Yeah. <laughs> you know what yeah. I mean? So, um, but I do like that kind of that spontaneity that uh, we don't know what his next album is going to be like, you know, because everything he's released has been so different. And that's kind of the same thing with Ween. You know, every album, you know, the first they did was The Mollusk. And that actually inspired SpongeBob. Like The Mollusk oh, was really? one of the reasons that SpongeBob was even created. Huh. Um so just like from the mollusk to you know they did a uh, they did a rip on a country record just you know talking shit on country music and shit yeah. but the twelve songs that were really great kind of country tunes just talking shit on country music yeah and I like that kind of stuff like it's it's funny but it's also really the the lyrics aren't you know the most serious but the music is so cool uh huh like it's such good music. Um, and that's why I like that kind of stuff. I, I, and that's why I like Beck too, because it's not always about what he writes. It's about, you know, the music that he writes and the sound that he creates. There was something that, again, we're talking about, you know, mid nineties alternative. Yeah. And that was, you know, I was born in 1985. So 10 years old around the time, you know, you mentioned like tens when you started really giving a shit about music. Right. And I'm probably not too far off from you in that aspect where like when I was 10, mid 90s, like I'd started listening to my parents were both big music fans. So like I grew up around a lot of music, but, right. you know, like. By the time I'm like eight, nine, ten years old, in the middle of all of this like really cool like genreless 
rock stuff that was happening in the mid 90s. It's like everybody that I was friends with in that time had like such diverse interests in music. You know, yeah. I mean, it was all like Beck, Smashing Pumpkins, Green Day, yeah. Rage Against the Machine. Like this is all over the place stuff. All over the place. And, uh, but it was all cool and it wasn't weird to like, all of those things at yeah. the same time. But, and then like, I don't know. It seemed like towards in the two thousands, everything got like really like either it's a boy band or it's blink One Eighty Two, or it's this. It's and awful. it's like, it was such a strange time. It's, yeah. So I'm like, I feel really lucky in my own way to have grown up in that era and to have been exposed to all that stuff. Yeah. And then 95 was uh, wildflowers and Tom Petty mm-hmm. and that, monumental for me at least uh, now, i like tom petty tom petty gets shit on by some people and uh i'm i'm usually not the type of person to kind of go out of my way when somebody says something about somebody it's just like oh like have you even at like you know like if you don't like something you don't like it i'm not gonna be like oh blah 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 yeah. but tom petty's always the one for me that i'm just like how the fuck can you not like Tom Petty? Do I don't you, know. Like, I feel like if you don't like Tom Petty, you don't have a fucking soul. Yeah. There's so much heart oh, in that motherfucker's God. music. Yeah. I, uh, Tom is incredible. Yeah. I mean, just, and the band is incredible. I love my Mike Campbell is a fantastic guitarist and the dirty knobs. Um, who's his band. They just announced the tour, um, but they're great. Cool. Because he can shred. And he just did that stint with Fleetwood, um, and that was sweet. Him and Neil Finn, yeah. Um, and uh, Ben Montench is a fantastic piano player. Um, just so the whole band, and as their own, are just remarkable musicians. Um, but Tom Petty, I mean, was just—I just—he's so great. I mean, yeah. I just—I feel, I feel his songs. I really do. Um, another artist that was really good at not like sticking to a genre yeah you know so many different things i mean early 70s the first few early 70s were kind of you know that kind of real like kind of grungy kind of yeah this is like yeah power pop yeah hard stuff yeah um but then jesus christ once the you know wildflowers and then uh you know he did she's the one for that movie with walls is on that. i don't know if you're familiar with that song uh it's one of my favorite tom petty songs it's beautiful um, but then, you know, like the last DJ and saving grace and Mojo was that real Rocky blues record he did with all the, yeah, with all that on it. It's like, it's like no matter what I feel like as an artist, the ultimate goal I feel that any artist should strive to do is to find their own voice. Because once you find that voice, you could do whatever you want. And it's still you, want. you. Yeah. like you could put on any Beck song. And I may have never heard it. And I'll be like, is, is this fucking Beck? Right. Or is like, is this Tom Petty? Like, right. cause just cause they have a distinct thing about them and it could be something that's super hard rock or something that's more soft or right. like, hell, Tom Petty could have done a fucking techno song like David Bowie, another one. Oh, you the know, king like, of that. like, it, it's yeah. like, it's like, is this an industrial David Bowie song? Right. Yes, <laughs> it is. Right. But it, it was still him and it didn't even seem out of place. Uh uh-uh. uh. No, yeah, no, he's the, I mean, he's the king of that. Yeah. I mean, Jesus Christ. My favorite Bowie record is Low. And that's, you know, heavy instrumental stuff, you know, Sound and Vision yeah. and um, New Career, New Town, and just 
but it's my favorite because it is just so fucking whack. Like it is just just sounds and just sick guitar riffs and just the whole thing is just so cool. Um, and that for that time period, you know, is just really ex- very heavily experimental. Yeah. Um, and it's sick. I mean, it's fucking sick as shit. It really is. Just because it, it, he just created so many awesome sounds and they didn't need lyrics. Like it was just instrumental songs. And that's just so like not something a popular artist would generally do is just do an album of instrumentals. Uh-huh. You know, like Billy Joel did that. Um, he didn't even fucking play the piano for me. It's somebody else, but he wrote, um, sheet uh, piano music, instrumental piano music for a whole album. And that was like the last thing he ever released. Okay. And it's just like, you know, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, okay. I like Billy Joel cause he writes really good pop songs. Yeah. Um, and I respect obviously the piano playing part of it, but nobody wants to hear that. You know sure. What I mean, he released that in like 2000 something like, well, I mean, it's probably just one of those things where it's like he's, I think, you know, your interests change and your passions change. And it's like, even though it's maybe something that nobody asked for. Yeah. It's still kind of like, well, this is what I want to do right now. Totally. And that's what he said. Yeah. You know, and he's always you know said that he really likes that kind of music, you know, Beethoven and Mozart and all that kind of stuff. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's not even bad. I mean, I've listened to it. Um, and it's just I do not like what you're. No, I do like the, I, I like the tunes, and I wish he was playing them. Sure. Um, if he was playing them, I would give a lot more credit to it because the, it's really beautifully played. Yeah. Um, but it's beautiful. I mean, it's still beautiful music. It's just not Billy Joel. Are you a Mars Volta fan at all? No. So they're a um, they're like a a rock band. Though they were, they're kind of defunct. But I think maybe they're putting out some new material. I don't know. That's a mystery. Regardless, um, so their first album that they put out, um, they had a lot of uh, like John Fruscianti and Flea played on it, and they had a bunch of other guest people. John Theodore is okay. really good drummer. Um, but anyways, they their third album that they put out, like the main guitar player in the band. Um, I was reading a thing. And he didn't play any guitar on the album. Like he wrote the parts, but John Frusciante from Red Hot Chili Peppers actually played everything in the studio. And then what, uh, what Omar, the main guitar player, did, he pretty much just produced it. He pretty much like sat in the booth and controlled everything and almost like George Lucas this album together from his mind. And it's neat, like from a creator's perspective, to be willing to do that or trust another person to like perform the stuff that you wrote but like you're just like taking that taking that realm or that reins on this like i just want to sit behind the booth and like direct like you know i wrote this and now you you act it out in a way it's weird yeah but I, it's uh, neat i don't know no yeah i uh i i feel like that might lose the, uh for me i'm really big on um one artist writing their own music I don't, I don't like those songs, the pop songs, which is the majority of pop songs now, where 12 people write, you know, write, yeah. the, write the song. It's a little weird. And it's got like six lines in it. <laughs> like, why does it take 12 people to figure that out? Um, and then I also really prefer artists play their own, own stuff. Um, but that's just me personally. I mean, I think it's sweet when that, when that kind of stuff happens, just because it is nice to kind of just step back and say, Hey, I wrote this, you play it kind of what Billy did and kind of what, yeah. what they did. 
Um, but I definitely prefer the that real authentic. I wrote this. I'm playing it. I'm recording it. This is how it sounds. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, because I, think, yeah. I just think it drives it drives a little bit more for me because then it's just like this guy's sick. Like he yeah. wrote this and now he's playing it. Like I don't think that there's any like right or wrong way to put together music. It's different things work for different people, but it does like bug me whenever some pop stars get a lot of credit for things that they didn't do. Oh my God. It's awful. But it's also, it's like, we have to also keep in mind. It's like that person is a brand of sorts. Like Beyonce is a brand. She's done a lot of great things in her own right for things, but it's still, it's like, well, if you're going to be a fan of, if you're a fan of Beyonce, the person, okay, yeah, cool. I can't argue that. Right. But if you're a fan of Beyonce's music, but can't name any of the producers or songwriters, people that have right. actually helped put those songs together, it's like, that's kind of, eh. but a lot of people that aren't musicians or artists, they don't care. They, no, just, want the, they just want the vessel. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, so it's like, I think of like, you know, Beyonce almost is just like a really talented actress of sorts when it comes to her music. Right. And you know, it's, people engage with that stuff in the same way that maybe they engage with movies. It's like, okay, you know, they like, uh, who's a, who's a, who's a famous actress right now. I don't know. Uh, I'm trying to think of any Scarlett Johansson. Sure. So exactly lot, who I thought. A lot of people like Scarlett Johansson. Literally, but, that's but crazy. Nobody is uh, <laughs> thinking about like, oh, who is writing her parts? Right. Who who is Scarlett Johansson's makeup artist? Who right. are these? You no know, one ever gives a, a shit. A lot of those that. people don't give a shit about that. It's just like, so, are you big on movies? I like movies. I don't say I'm big on movies. Um, I like movies enough. I probably like movies more than a normal person. Uh-huh. But I have some friends that are like. I like movies same. and I'm definitely not like that, but I like movies. Yeah. I were in the same boat. I, think, <laughs> yeah. I got some friends that are like huge movie buffs. Like uh-huh. Just anything you mentioned, there's a movie quote for it. Um, but I've recently got into movies more. Actually, I think um, older movies. Like I really like Dustin Hoffman. Okay. Um, I love the graduate. I love all the president's men. Um, just all that shit. It's really good. And there's the soundtracks an- are great. So, are you a fan of kind of like schlocky movies at all? Yeah. So there's a newer, it's maybe from 2008 or seven with Dustin Hoffman. With Adam Sandler? No. Oh. This one's, it's called Perfume. Okay. And it's like this story about uh, this guy that makes perfume and this like poor kid that like wants to learn how to make perfume. And then uh, he starts learning how to make perfume and uh, he kept, one day he's like walking by and he catches the scent of this woman. Then he thinks it's like the most perfect scent in the world. And he tries to find ways to like recreate this scent. And he does it by like killing people and trying to extract like the scent of their bodies to like get this. It's really fucked up and weird. Jesus. But Dustin Hoffman's in it. And he plays like <laughs> he plays like the master perfume maker guy. Yeah. That's like, you know, training the other kid. It's oh, so boy. weird. It's such a weird movie, but it's like kind of schlocky yeah. and corny. But I'm like, I love stuff like that. Yeah. Like corny is good. Yeah. Uh, it really just depends on on how like the first five or ten minutes go for me. Yeah. I really don't have a specific genre. I'm like, I can't watch that. Or, you know, like yeah. if we watch a movie, you know, in the first, you know, couple minutes are pretty good or catch me, then I'm I'm interested. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm not someone that's going to sit there and, you know, try to figure it out. Sure. Kind of shit. I think I'm the same way. Yeah. Um, love, love Toy Story. 
Oh, fucking great, dude. All yeah. Toy Stories. Have you seen Toy Story 4? I haven't seen the newest one, though. Jesus Christ. It rips your heart out. Oh, yeah. It, three ripped me apart, dude. Rip. Yeah. Three's the, the ending of three is tough. Yeah. Um, and I think that's probably the, the toughest ending out of all four Toy Stories. But uh, Toy Story 4 is it hits differently oh I'll, I'll watch it whenever whenever it's on disney plus i'll watch oh it oh my god isn't that such bullshit <laughs> how do you put all three on there and then you don't put four on it's it? just not it's not ready yet they yeah. just put up the the live action aladdin oh really and i watched it last night how was that i liked it i'm a huge disney fan nice i love disney movies yeah i like disney too i I, 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 I just spent eight days in disney world no way last year. yeah it was oh, awesome shit it was the shit dude yeah um yeah me and my girlfriend went we had a good time and um yeah um aladdin is my favorite disney cartoon okay so i was really hesitant about watching this movie uh-huh. um but i liked it it was fine yeah um i still i like i like the the animated version more. I mean, I fucking grew up with it. You're totally. not going to take that from me, right. but, and there, but the new one is fun. I thought, I thought Will Smith did a great job. It didn't weird me out that much. Yeah. Um, the only thing that I think bugged me the most about it was the way that they changed some of the songs. Really? I haven't seen it. Um, I mean, like it's like they changed some of the lyrics and some of the cadence and the vocal delivery. And like, they, they changed some instrumental things huh. which i get they update they made it modern totally and some of this stuff sounds cooler right and some of it sounds weirder yeah and then there's a couple new songs that they added that jasmine sings yeah you know the the great thing about disney and the, uh, the one of the main reasons that i really love those early animated classics lion king tarzan toy story that they find the most talented musicians or artists to do those soundtracks. Oh yeah. I mean, Elton John did Lion King, Randy Newman, who's a fucking genius does toy story. Yeah. Did toy story. Perfect match. Phil Collins did Tarzan. Like, you know, they get the finest people to do that. Yeah. I mean, I think Randy Newman's probably their most prized possession with toy story just because Randy Newman is just such a, I mean, just so beautifully just, He's just a beautiful person. Was it the Lion King that Sting did the original score for, and then they replaced it? I don't. There's know. there's a Disney movie that Sting did the Sting like they did really? something like it was composed, and then they like scrapped it for some reason. No way. Yeah. Oh, fuck. God. Let me look it up real quick. Uh, let me see. I have a good Sting story. While yeah. You do tell that. me that. I um I've seen Sting a couple times, but I was in Toronto um Uh-oh. two or three years ago. And he did a show at Rebel, and it's this tiny little nightclub that probably holds 700 people. And it was a part of his 56th and 44th tour, whatever the hell that album was called that he released. Um, And I was in Toronto when they announced the show was happening at Rebel that night. So I went there. It was cold as shit on Lake Erie. Um, And I waited outside for seven hours. Was second in line, got inside, was second in the pit to see Sting at this club that holds no more than 700 people. And it was sick. Hell yeah. It was sick. Because I love Sting. I love the police. Um, but it just shit like that is so cool. 
Because, like, it's totally not a typical place Sting's going to be playing. Yeah. I mean, the next time I saw Sting was at uh, fucking Nationwide Arena in Columbus. Okay. So, like, yeah. huge change. It's cool to be able to do that. So, I was I was way off. It was definitely not The Lion King. It was The Emperor's New Groove. Oh, that's a good movie. Yeah. He, oh, damn, he did the score for that um, originally. Yeah. So, yeah. So, The Emperor's New Groove. There's a, That whole movie has, like, a, a, a really fucked up backstory where like it, it originally wasn't called the emperor's new groove it was something else and part of it was animated and then they like re-scrapped everything and like songs were written for a movie that got changed and they changed the title like i don't remember all, right. everything that happened with it but yeah, yeah that movie was like apparently a nightmare to fucking make damn damn i can't believe they they scrapped sting yeah that's, that's rough yeah that's sting, something man. to uh look into if you're if you're curious yeah no, but overall, I mean, Disney movies are really, I mean, uh, Pixar for me is probably my favorite. I mean, I love Up. Um, I can't get through the first 10 minutes of Up without, you know, literally breaking down. No, I just re We would just rewatched Up. It's so night. hard to watch. Uh, yeah. I don't know why Disney does that to us, you know? Like, that, that first 10 minutes is like literally the beginning of life to death. Uh-huh. It's crazy. In 10 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> and it's just like, shit, like kids watch this yeah like this is this is heavy uh, you know it's some deep shit it's not you know just like disney mickey mouse fucking around you know what i mean like, <laughs> like it's some it's life and death like uh-huh. within the first 10 minutes of a movie um but i think disney i mean really is have you you so you how long have you had disney plus uh since it since it came out okay have you watched any of those shorts the disney shorts yeah that, absolutely. have you I, seen forky yeah oh my god <laughs> yeah. I was uh, gonna say, we yeah. gotta talk about Forky. Yeah, the toy story ones are <laughs> sick they're so fun oh my god forky <laughs> is literally a, a fucking fever dream uh-huh. that thing i like the way like the arms go it's ridiculous yeah. forky is the most ridiculous character ever but he is so beautiful uh-huh like i love him like it's just such it's such a genius thing like it's so simple like it's fucking uh, you know a spork but like he there's some real meaning behind that character like especially in toy story 4 and you haven't seen it yet Mm -mm. but he obviously he's in that um because that's what they created the shorts off of um but just like he really is like an incredible character like it, it but it's so simple it's so funny did you watch uh the short bow i've i've watched all of them but if you can the, give me a, i've heard the, i totally know one, what you're talking it's about like with the um with like uh the little bow bun that becomes a like a kid and she raises it it's like the, the bow bun oh god i, I and it ends up being like a metaphor for her kid moving out trying to wanting to move out of the house okay I think I, I definitely have tr- definitely seen that. Yeah, it's like it's it's like it's hard to describe, but it's like really like heartbreaking and sad. It's cute though. Is it the one where her sister's raising her? Uh uh-uh. uh. Okay. There's so many. Yeah. On there, which are really cool. I think the shorts are the best. That thing on Disney Plus right now, um, because all the movies I mean I've seen. You know, there's just so. Do you watch Mister Boogity? No, it's fucking hysterical. Is it? Yeah, it's like this old Disney Channel horror movie. It's off the rails corny, but again, it's me loving that corny stuff. Right. It's so funny. Yeah, I'm trying to think of what else that I've really enjoyed that I haven't seen. Oh, Incredibles and the Incredibles are great. Yeah. 
Um, but I'm really big into the Pixar stuff. Okay. So that's why I like that kind of shit. But uh, the documentaries on Disney Plus are kind of cool, too. Yeah, I haven't gotten to check any of them out yet, but um, I do, I do want to watch. And that Geo is always cool yeah. with all the you know wildlife stuff and all that. So I think that uh, there's definitely not enough on Disney Plus right now. Um, I think there's plenty. You think? Yeah. But I also, too, I maybe only the amount of time that I take to sit down with it is maybe once or twice a week. So. Okay. So like, I feel like we watched pretty much everything we wanted to watch within like a week. Do you watch The Mandalorian? Are you a Star Wars guy? I'm not a Star Wars yeah. guy. A lot of my friends like that kind of stuff. I thought it was I, awesome. It yeah. was like, uh, I, I like Star Wars enough. Okay. I'm not a I'm not an obsessive person. Yeah. But I thought that The, the Mandalorian was like probably the most intriguing and fun star wars thing that huh. i had engaged with okay um yeah when i was a kid like i really was into star wars like the first three or four episodes i guess how many how many episodes are there total <laughs> nine okay so you yeah. so yeah probably the first <laughs> yeah, three yeah, or four yeah. i was really into action figures like yeah. all that shit loved it um but then eventually i just kind of just stopped liking it and uh i really never got back into it since so um Wrapping wrapping things up on our Disney talk, and then probably wrapping up our conversation. Um, I I've, I have a question I want to ask you. Oh boy! Regarding Disney. Oh yeah. Okay. Um, just quick, quick one sentence response. How do you feel about Frozen? <sighs> it's uh, it's catchy. It's a it's a catchy movie. Yeah. I I do not like Frozen. The soundtrack's pretty good. The soundtrack's fine, but in terms of movies, I wish Brave was as popular as Frozen because I like yeah. Brave 10 times more than Frozen. Yeah. It's such a better movie. Speaking of those two, and real quick, I know we're running out of time, but real, real quick. That's fine. Um, what do you think about that whole Disney idea that every movie connects to a to a different time period and with Disney? You know what I mean? Like Frozen, there's some hints of uh, you know this movie and that. That there's this whole Disney world that exists. I don't think that I don't think that it's intentional, but I think that it's inevitable. Just given how much content Disney has put out over the past century. That things are going to connect. Yeah, because like in Toy Story one, um, when they're when uh, Buzz and Andy are trying to, or Buzz and Woody are trying to get back on that moving bus, uh, they they take that real quick brief pause and they go to that to just to, inside someone's random car, and they're playing a Kuda Matata. Oh yeah, sure. Just shit like that. Yeah, is great. Yeah, you know, I mean that kind of stuff is fun. It's just sort of like a, a fun little idea where it's like, how can we tie something in? And we already have the rights. We own this fucking stuff. Yeah, so they own everything. Disney yeah. literally owns yeah, everything. Just use it. <laughs> that's funny. Yeah, that's awesome. So yeah, I'm, again, I'm, I'm I'm not a huge a huge fan of Frozen, but all negativity aside, I've enjoyed our chat. Absolutely, thank you very much. I appreciate you coming on it's here. It's been very fun. Yeah, and where can people um? If they are interested, do you have any music available online or any place where people can find out gigs that are coming up? Yeah, if you just go to our Facebook page, um, Hunty Lights Music on Facebook. Um, and then uh, we're, we're going to be reforming and, and, and be releasing new music probably uh, 
by July. Awesome. Um, so there'll be a whole new set of websites with a with a new band and all the, like all that kind of stuff. But you can get all that information on that Facebook page. Hell yeah. Cool. And that is all, folks. Thanks so much for being here. One more time, Hansi. Thanks for being here. This yeah, th- thanks a lot. Cool. Yeah, it was great. Yeah. I'll be back again in a couple days with another episode. Same time, same place, same channel. You know the drill. My name is Sykes. Start the beat 2020. Woo woo. Thanks for listening. And we are done. Beautiful. We did it. That's a podcast. <laughs>